Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Come on, if he's ever picked you up. Come on, if he's ever turned you around. Come on, if he's placed your feet on solid ground. Come on, give Jesus Christ some praise. Come on, give him praise like he's worthy of it. Give him praise because he took the nails. Give him praise because he bore the cross. Give him praise because he rose again. Give him praise because he's alive and well. In 2022, they tried to shut him up but he's still talking. They tried to close the door, but he walked through the wall. He is still here today, alive and well. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today that he picked me up because I couldn't pick myself up. I could get myself down. It's like that lady said in the commercial, I've fallen, but I couldn't get up. But I'm thankful the grace of God can reach way down. Come on, if he's got to reach way down tonight, he can still pick you up. Hallelujah. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 15, he's quoting from the prophet Isaiah, and he says, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but, but, well, I ain't going to say that joke. I'm not in my pulpit. Their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me. Why? Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Say, Pastor, what does that mean? It means we can come in here tonight, church family. We can clap our hands. We can sing the songs because we know the words. 
And we're pretty good at having church. We know when to clap. We know when to shout. We know when to run. And if we need to, we know when to fall. (laughs) But tonight, I don't want to just honor him with my mouth. I don't just want to praise him in vain because that's what we've learned to do. I want a real encounter with the Lord. And in 2022, come on, we drove through the ice. We're here tonight ready and hungry. You may have come in with the weight of the world on your shoulders, but we want to encourage you tonight, do not leave here the same way you come in in Jesus' name. We want to encounter the real God. I've had enough of church. I was, I, look, I was in church nine months before I was born. I've had enough of church. We're as churchy as Noah was archy. We know how to have church, but I want to have a real encounter with the power of the Holy Ghost that will change my life, that will change my family. Every attack of the enemy tonight will be canceled because of the glory of God that you encounter. So let's pray to the Lord and let's enter in. And I encourage you, not just give him lip service, but give him heart service. Everything from within you. Can we raise our hands to him? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we didn't come for another church service. We didn't come tonight, God, just to go through the formalities because this is what we do this time every year. We've come for one thing and one thing alone, and that was to encounter the real power of the real God. Father, we spend our days, our weeks, our months, out in this world being bombarded by false doctrine being bombarded by hate God being bombarded by the attacks of the enemy but tonight God we're not letting that hinder us we're not letting the struggle hinder us we're not letting the stress hinder us but tonight we give you our hearts God here we stand with hearts wide open and we're declaring God have your way in this place and we bind every distraction we bind every hindrance We bind every attack of the enemy in Jesus' name. We are covered by the blood. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And tonight, we will worship the Lord. Now give the Lord some praise tonight.
I give the Lord a clap offering. Would you do that? Come on, give him a clap offering. Hallelujah. He's worthy. We applaud him. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We welcome you to Papa Bluff. We're so glad that you are a guest here this I started to say the week, the week's done gone. We had to do some canceling, but we're glad you're here. Uh, we're going to be taking up an offering, and I was going to read it off of my phone, but me and these gadgets just don't get along very well. And 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, most of you know the scripture where Paul say, I say then, he said, he that soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. And he said, but every man ought a purpose in his heart how to, what to give. He said, not give grudgingly or out of necessity, but out of a cheerful heart. Just give cheerfully because God loves a man that gives cheerfully. And, you know, how many of those are two times to give to the Lord? Number one, when you feel like it. Number two, when you don't feel like it. Amen. Time of plenty and a time of famine. Uh, how many of you have ever learned some valuable lessons in your giving from the Lord? You've been tested. Yeah, am I the only one that has to really be tested in that area? I've been tested a thousand times, it seems like. I remember in the earlier years of our ministry, in our 20s, and we came to Popper Bluff. We stayed in lean times for a long, long, long time. I always kind of felt sorry for my wife, all of the young yuppies of her age, and those young couples always wondered where they got their money. They were driving the newest cars and having the latest fashions of everything. And we, we had a car. It was a... 79 Ford LTD, it was lime green with an orange top. You wanted to be go out and really make an impression, just drive that around in the neighborhood. You'll get pulled over by the cops. Amen. And uh, we, we didn't have a lot, and uh, we came to a church that didn't have a lot. And, and uh, through the years of ministry, in the early years, I heard my wife say, I'd like to have a piano. And my heart just sunk. I thought, the poor lady, she don't have anything. She never gets anything. Every time we turn around, we're sacrificing, we're giving. That was our life. We're building a church. We're trying to raise a family. And I can remember her being the clerk, and she'd bring the money home in our kitchen, and she'd lay it out. And <laughs> she'd count it up, and then she'd say, hand me my checkbook. And she'd have to sometimes get the checkbook out and try to make up the difference. And I've seen her sacrifice time after time after time. And those words of her one in the piano just ringed in my ears. So I said, somehow I'm going to get her a piano. Don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to get her a piano. So I'd go to the washing machine before she would, and I'd get all the change I could find. And buddy, if she let some kind of a dollar down, it was stolen. It's gone. We still got that principle around. We still fight over who's going to look in the washing machine for change. Little by little, over a period of a long, long, long time, just scrapping here, scrapping there, doing this, doing that, I finally saved up what was a lot of money back in those days, and I turned it into a $100 bill, which was not even close to buying a piano, but that's what it was going to. Never carry it around if, you, if, if you're going to, really buy a piano because the Lord will test you with that. You know what I'm talking about? I stuck it in the back of my wallet. And I went to a revival at my home church at Dudley. And I was sitting there and they took up the offering and it was coming around. The Holy Spirit said, give it a $100 bill. Lord, are you serious? You know how long I've worked to get that $100? Do you know what it's for? Do you know my poor little wife? She's a servant of the Lord and 
I'm giving him all this list of why I shouldn't do it. And in the back of my mind, everything that woman's ever taught me, and she's the one that kind of was my stewardship corrector, I could just hear her say, Kent, don't give it grudgingly. Give it not out of necessity, not out of a cheerful heart. And I just finally, I said, okay, and I just started rejoicing the Lord. I wouldn't look at it. I just pulled that $100 bill out and I gave it. Needless to say, that next Monday I get a call. A preacher says, I want you to go with me. I need help. I said, where are we going? Oh, we're going to Clarkton, Missouri. I said, what are we going to Clarkton for? Just get in the truck. We get in the truck and we go over there to an abandoned church. And he pulls up and he lets the tailgate down and he walks into the church and he's grumbling and I don't know why we're stuck without it. And he just, and I said, why are we here? He said, we got to pick up a piano. And he picked it up and put it in the back of the truck. And the next thing I know, we, we're headed to my house. And he pulls up to my porch and lets down the tailgate. And he said, I said, what are you doing? He said, Lord told me to give you that piano. I got a piano for a hundred bucks. Woo! God was so good to me. How I could have worked forever and never got her a piano. But I put my seed in the offering and believe in God as he told me to. And you know what happened? She just kept it a little time. God told her to give it away, and she gave it away. Isn't that just like our Lord? Tonight, we got a budget. It's being strained because of the weather. But that don't take away the cost. We've got uh, motel rooms to pay for for our guests, airfares, rental cars. We've got to feed them, and we've always met budget. And Papa Bluff, we're not going to let them down, are we? Come on now. Amen. How many's ever noticed the rising prices of uh, the food and the, and you can't even go to McDonald's anymore without spending 15 bucks. And if you're my size, you'll spend 25. <laughs> Amen. And what I want you to do tonight, I don't want you to tip God. I want you to purpose in your heart. I want you to give honestly. We need a good offering. This is the only offering we're going to get to really have with this kind of a crowd. And there's a lot of expense. And we want to take care of our men of God that's traveled and our men of God that's here with us. So if our ushers would come, we're going to receive the offering tonight. Hallelujah. There's somebody here been wanting a, a new car. Well, just maybe put a little seed of faith in with it and maybe somebody will go pick you up a new car and deliver it to you. Amen. I'm only joking. That only works when God tells you to do it. Hallelujah. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we bless this offering. We declare it, God, to meet the need of this state and the need of this camp meeting budget. We declare that your people has never been a people that has been slothful in business or slothful in offering or slothful in your worship. And God, here tonight, we declare the goodness of God and the blessings of God upon this offering. May it be blessed and may it feel the need in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. God bless you.
There's something I forgot to do because I'm not used to that. If you want to give online, if you don't have a credit card or, or I mean, uh, money or anything of that nature, you can take a picture and scan that code up there, and uh, you can uh, give online. It'll, t it'll go right to simply our camp meeting offering. So you can do that, and we appreciate it. God bless you. Will somebody give the Lord some praise tonight? Look at the person beside of you and say, you sure look good tonight. Look at the other person and say, you smell good too. Amen. I, uh, I, you, let me just tell you, first of all, you are a good-looking crowd tonight, especially with uh, all the weather that has been going on. And, uh, you know, for you to just come and, and to turn out, and we had a lot of pastors that was driving from other places that they couldn't be here and uh, but we have several of our pastors and ministers and uh, laity from uh, different parts here tonight. But you from here at Poplar Bluff, thank you for being here. And uh, why don't you just give yourself a good hand for being here tonight? You look so good. <clears throat> I, I don't I don't like to take a lot of ser uh, time out of the service, you know, just doing preliminary things. But I do want to recognize our guests real quickly, and then I'm going to introduce our speaker. And then we're going to have another song, and then uh, our evangelist is going to come and minister to us tonight. But let me just tell you, uh, we, we were scheduled to have service last night, uh, this morning, and tonight. Well, we had to shift everything, and so we had not planned for in the morning. And we realized that some people won't be able to be here in the morning because of other things uh, that's going on. But if you can be here in the morning, we want to invite you to come at 10 o'clock. And uh, we're so delighted to have uh, Bishop Tom and Kathy Gillum here with us. Stand, Brother Tom and Sister Kathy over here. And uh, they are no strangers to Palace. They're no strangers to Missouri. I told him today, I, I think the people in Missouri love him so much, they think he's the fourth man in the Godhead. And uh, he is loved here in Missouri. And uh, we wanted to have him to come back. We've been friends for a long time. And uh, in fact, when I first started preaching camp meetings back in 2005, Brother Gillum was, uh, was well, I guess it was a year before that, uh, maybe he was uh, evangelism director in, in uh, Ohio, and I preached for Bishop Probes. And then they went to the North Central region as overseers, and he kindly invited me to come out and spend a few days with them. And uh, I did uh, about three services, I think, in the North Central region camp meeting. And uh, then we went over. He took us on some uh, out through the uh, wild, uh, where, where were you? In, uh, flatlands, that's right. And uh, I, I don't know where we were. I, I just saw a bunch of bison and all kind of things out there. But anyway, we had a great time. And uh, he's going to be speaking in the morning. And uh, we're so delighted to have he and Kathy with us tonight. We love you guys. They were overseers of this state for six years. And uh, that is a long time. And we're just so glad to have you here tonight. We're also glad to have our missions rep. Brother Gillum is a missions rep. 
But our missions rep for Missouri is a close friend of ours. You've met him. He's been with us now several times, and we're glad to have him. He always makes time to come out for any state event that we have going on. And uh, our world missions has done incredible here in Missouri. And uh, we're just so thankful for Brother Taylor and uh, his leadership. And so we're delighted to have uh, Brother Martin Taylor and his wife April with us tonight. Would you stand over here? And uh, we're just so glad to have them with us. And uh, then we're glad to have a missionary couple. And if you're looking for, if you're looking for a project, this is a worthy project. But we're glad to have uh, Jonathan and Gay Loudermilk here with us tonight. Stand over here, Jonathan and Gay. Jonathan, jo Jonathan is, uh, he's American, and Gay is uh, Thai. She is from the country of Thailand. And uh, Jonathan felt called to missions and, and uh, went to several different countries, Vietnam and different uh, places. And then he went to Thailand and he met Gay while he was there and they got married. And uh, they have a great ministry that is going on and they're, they're rescuing uh, girls that have been trafficked. And they are providing homes, building homes for them. And they have about 25 right now that they've provided a place of safety. And he's going to share just a little bit in the morning in the service about what is going on. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if we, did we have that picture? Were we able to throw the picture? We don't have it. Jonathan, from a very personal point, personal, whatever, I can't think of the word. I, uh, Jonathan's dad was my youth pastor back in the early 90s in Fitzgerald, Georgia. And uh, he was the first youth pastor of that church and uh, full-time youth pastor. And he came and Jonathan was 19 months old at that time. And uh, we have a picture of me holding him back then. I had dark hair and lots of hair back then. And Jonathan was just uh, just small, and uh, I, I carried him around everywhere. We loved him like, like he was a, a grandbaby of ours, even though I was not old enough to be a granddaddy at that time. We loved him like that, but we're so glad to have Jonathan and Gay here with us tonight. And uh, let me say that we're delighted to have our state youth and discipleship director. Uh, some of you have met him. He's still relatively new to the state. Uh, he moved right in the middle of COVID uh, here. And, uh, but we love uh, Mike and Amity DePietro. And uh, Stan, so people who don't know, Sister Amity's right over here. And uh, this is Mike and Amity. DePietro, let me encourage you to bring your kids to youth camp. They have Boys and Girls Day out and all of those things. And let me encourage you, you, you need to bring your kids to youth camp. 1971, at the age of 12 years old, in a Church of God youth camp is where the Lord turned my life around. And I am an advocate of youth camp. And so, uh, so, so bring your children in, in churches. Uh, send your students to our youth camps. And we're just so thankful for uh, Mike and Amity. And uh, let me just real quickly say to Pastor Kent Miller, to all the staff here at uh, Palace of Praise, to this church, thank you for hosting this event. Amen. Let them know how much we appreciate them. After our song tonight, we, uh, we're so delighted to have evangelist, pastor, prophet, whatever you want to call him, Jonathan Ziegler here with us tonight in the house. Amen. Brother Ziegler is a personal friend of mine. He has preached for me uh, the last two or three churches that I pastored before I went into administrative work. And uh, I call him wild man. 
And uh, he, uh, he's preached for me. And he, then since I've been in overseer work, uh, he has preached for me here in Missouri several times. And we're just delighted to have him. He is now pastoring the National Church of God in Washington, D.C. He's up there with the big wheels and the politicians. I hope he can do something with them while he's up there. Amen. He's uh, pastoring the church that was founded and pastored many years by Dr. T.L. Lowry. And uh, now he's up there at that church, and we're just so glad that he carved out the time to come and be with us here tonight, and we'll be here at Palace this coming Sunday. And uh, so he's going to be coming to minister to us in just a few moments. We're so glad to have the Palace of Praise Trio. I heard them the first time back in 2017, I think it was, at our uh, prayer uh, a prayer conference here at Palace. They sing that night. I don't know what they're singing tonight, but they sing that night, I believe, in a hill called Mount Calvary. And I'm telling you, the power of God just ministered in a powerful way. And uh, I, I just, every time I get a chance to have them to sing, I want them to sing. So would you welcome the Palace of Praise Trio as they come to minister to us tonight.
Let's stand together and pray. Can I pray for you and pray with you? I've been praying this prayer for the last couple of weeks where the word of God says, my cup runs over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me every day of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Do you believe that your cup is about to run over, and goodness and mercy is going to follow you every single day of your life? And I want you to just declare it over your life that things are about to start happening. One blessing after the other, one breakthrough after the other, one testimony after the other, one praise report after the other, one hallelujah after the other, one glory to God after the other. Lord, we thank you that our cups are getting ready to run over. Goodness and mercy is following me every day of my life. I believe the word of God. And I believe tonight that there is a word in the word that's specifically designed with me in mind. Somebody came through the elements because they are in desperate need of a rhema, life-changing, thirst-quenching, revelatorial word from on high. Anoint these lips of clay to speak as an oracle of Christ. Hide me behind your cross. Let nothing glory in this room tonight but Jesus Christ you're the superstar you're the king you're the Lord you're the Messiah you're the healer and what's going on as we point our hands towards Eastern Europe you're God over there you're God in Africa and Asia you're God everywhere and we tonight are looking for a good report it is well with my soul in Jesus name now lift your hands and just begin to praise the Lord with your mouth just open your mouth and I want you to just declare the goodness of the Lord would you just take a moment and declare the goodness of the Lord shake off that weariness and shake off that tiredness and shake off that mental anguish and stress and anxiety and depression and perplexity and I want you to declare something good is about to happen to me and my family and my church something good's gonna happen in my neighborhood come on just clap your hands now let me hear the sound of the rain let me hear the sound of the rain come on take about 30 seconds and throw your head back and give the devil a nervous breakdown send him to the trauma unit come on let's praise our God praise our God praise our God wasn't that rich tonight God bless you please be seated in the presence of Almighty God I don't know what to do after what I just heard and somebody said um, that was a trio, uh, but apparently it was a quartet, and they were absolutely outstanding. Would you give them another glad hand? And if you love gospel music, and one of the things that I've come to understand, brothers and sisters, that uh, Solomon's temple was literally burned to the ground, and they rebuilt it, and the young people were happy Ezra said that the young folk were happy about it, but the old folks was upset about it. But guess what? It was the same foundation. And what we had in our praise and worship, some of the songs are newer, and the songs have different beats and different styles and different syncopatic beats, but it's the same foundation. And I'm glad that the Church of God is not a cookie-cutting church, 
but it is a church that sets trends for Pentecostal worship around the world. We are not the oldest and we are not one of the fastest growing around the world, but I believe that we are a dynamic force for good in the world. Look at somebody and tell them I'm a member of the church of God and I'm glad about it. Come on, tell somebody I am a member of this church and I am glad about it. And I believe that this church is preparing people for eternity. And I believe that there are some excellent people in this church. Many have graduated to the church triumphant in the last couple of years. We have seen death in a way that we've never seen it before. And those of us that survive, we are going to give the devil a nervous breakdown and we are going to whip him from Missouri to Miami from Miami to Malaysia I hear the sound of a people that's been in isolation and hibernation and stuck in the house I don't know who I'm talking to but is there anybody that understands the power of a sound of Pentecost come on throw your head back and make some Holy Ghost crazy noise up in this house I will will not be silent and I'm not going to drop the microphone. There is a word from the Lord tonight. We're going several places. Psalms 139, Philippians chapter 4 and then we'll go to the book of Isaiah and look at one particular passage and I want to get right into the word of God and I want somebody to point and bind that long-winded demon off of me tonight and pray that I can be like Domino's Pizza 30 minutes or less. I'm so glad to be in the palace tonight and I'm glad to be with this world-class leader that you have and anytime this man of God leads the church in offertorial worship I just feel such conviction to give abundantly above what I thought I would give. And so I so enjoyed your leader tonight. And Kent Miller and his wife are one of the most dynamic teams in our denomination. They love the church. They love God. They love people. And they love the leadership of this church. And how many of you know that Bishop Tommy Powell and his wife Jessica are five-star first-class world-setting trendsetters in Pentecost and Christianity. Come on, give him a rousing applause and let's celebrate excellent godly spiritual leadership in the 21st century. I have had the wonderful opportunity of everywhere I go, I've been seeing Martin Taylor. He was, we were in the great state of Texas uh, last week, and so I can't preach what I preached last week because I won't seem anointed. And this YouTube evangelism and Facebook evangelism and all of the other particulars, you know, folks are watching, so you got to make sure you keep it fresh. So I got something I'm going to drop like it's hot if y'all don't mind because in the month of March at the Great National Church, we are doing um, the madness in your mind. We're having mental health awareness month. And how many of you know that if God don't hear you, take your medicine? 
Somebody say, if you're happy and you know it, take your meds. And so I don't, listen, I'm not the black Benny Hinn up in here. If God don't hear you, go to CVS, go to Revco, go to Walgreens, and get the Xanax and the Zoloft. Get it until God deliver you. Come on, say amen. I want to tell y'all something. You can be saved, sanctified, speak in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost, and normal. Come on, shake your head like black folks do when they know what they're talking about. And so this night, I am very concerned about the trend that I'm seeing in the world. And it is said amongst black men in America that the suicide rate has raised 12% in the last two years. And we are seeing an alarming rate of individuals who are throwing in the towel. The devil has literally understands that he has but a short time, so he's messing with the mind of God's people. And he's literally trying to wear us out and wear us down. And there's mental fatigue in the church. And I know many folks believe that you are Wonder Woman First Lady, an incredible Hulk pastor, but... You need to check on your strong friends. You need to check on folks and call them because we've been isolated and disconnected. And while we've been in the house, bored and bored in the house, many of us have found old habits and old issues and old things on Facebook that we found ourselves trapped in. And so tonight, I'm here to declare to people, sound the mental alarm. Sound the mental alarm in your house, in your family, because there's a devil loose and the battlefield is not in Ukraine or Madison Square Garden or Las Vegas, but there is psychological warfare going on with your children, going on with your pastor, going on with the saints everywhere. And one thing about the devil, he's not a racist. He'll destroy anybody. He'll destroy any church. But I got news for the devil. If a fight you want, a fight you gonna get. Because we got the power of the blood of Jesus we got the Holy Ghost we got the word of God and I want somebody to ball up your fist and say devil you can't have my family you can't have my children you can't have my nieces nephews first cousins second once removed the devil is a liar this means war <laughs> hallelujah the Holy Ghost was speaking to me and he downloaded in my spirit that there are several people that go to bed but you don't go to sleep. You're restless. You wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning for no reason at all and you're just restless and tired and overwhelmed and you're overthinking and overfeeling and overcompensating and you're worried about what people think about you and what people feel about you and it's driving you crazy. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to you in a way that will touch the real you. It's good to see my good brother Tom Gillum and his lovely wife and again Martin Taylor and his beautiful wife and I got a story that I'm going to tell. I was in South Carolina at their camp meeting and I thought I was the black Benny Hinn and a woman got healed 
And I told the woman, well, baby, do what you couldn't do. And let me tell you something. Don't ever ask crazy people <laughs> to do what you couldn't do. Well, she turned her back not to the wall, but she turned her back to the congregation. And she started shaking like a salt shaker. It was something to behold. And I went to screaming and hollering, trying to get her to stop, but it was too late. And I looked for Bishop Gillum, and he went and hid behind the stage. And he doubled over in laughter. And I made a statement, and I've never been back to South Carolina since. It must be jelly, because jam don't shake. Anyway, the word of the Lord. <laughs> the word of the Lord is... <laughs> I just got to be who I am. I greet you in the name of Jesus on behalf of the National Church. And we send love and salutations to them. I don't know if they're going to put the word. Will they put it on the screen? They'll put it on the screens so we can all share in the reading of the Lord's word. When you find Psalms 139, I'm not going to ask you to stand, but I'm going to ask you to attentively Consider these particulars as I concert them into a theme. I pray that the Holy Ghost would give us a subject that will absolutely speak to your heart, mind, and soul. The word of the Lord in Psalms 139, verse 23, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and try me. And know what's going on in my head. And I want somebody to put your hand on your head and say, if folk know the kind of things that the devil tries to send to my mind, the psychological warfare, the madness in your mind, the attacks that the devil sends to your mind, what's going on upstairs, and then he says in the next verse, if you would, and see if there's any wicked way in me, anything that's trying to drag me down. And I want to talk to folks that understand that the devil is trying to drag you down. This is the devil. He'll plant a thought in your head and then condemn you for thinking it. And you're like, I wasn't even thinking that. But the devil is a dirty fighter. And he knows that if he gets upstairs, he controls downstairs and every room in your life. And pastors, you know what I'm talking about. Every Sunday, you prepare the most marvelous message that you could prepare. It is a classic Billy Grammish sermon. And how many of you understand that you can preach it and folks will say nothing. But you invite evangelist so-and-so and they preach the same message. And they run in the back of the pews, the side of the pews. And if you're not careful, it will get in your head. And it'll mess with your mind. We are performance driven. 
and oftentimes when we are performance driven a performer waits for an applause but the only applause that you need to be concerned with is not these folks that cry Hosanna because they'll say Hosanna one day and get rid of him the next day the only applause that we should look for is the one that comes from God because God is not trying to flatter you God is trying to get you in a position where you are right where he wants you to be in his will and so I want to talk to you for a few moments and I wish that you would indulge me and I want to talk about for a few moments and I was considering this today check your engine light but I don't want to deal with check your engine light I want to talk about check your soul light because there's a lot of people, your soul has lost its light. You are soul sick. Heart deferred makes the heart sick. When you've been praying for something to happen, hoping for something to happen, looking for something to happen, expecting something to happen, and it doesn't happen, the Bible says it makes your heart deferred or a stroke in the mind and it paralyzes you and it causes you to become stiff and immobile and whenever you're not moving and you get stuck in a rut that's when the devil comes in like a flood and drowns you in your own tears can I preach like I'm in Georgia tonight 37 million people in America today are driving with a check engine light on. 20% the light has been on for over two months. And an alarming 50% of people with the check engine light on showed signs of a major breakdown as the drivers indicated that their cars just died. And what happens over time is we notice that the light comes on and we ignore it. And the reason people ignore the check engine light on is because a lack of funds or they turn the blind eye or many cited that they didn't have the time to fix what was broken. If your last name is Ziegler, my family has a funeral home in South Georgia. And I remember being groomed for the funeral business as just a youngster. And we picked up a body of a deceased person in Savannah, Georgia. And we were taking that person to Statesboro, Georgia on the outskirts there. And we were driving the van and the deceased person was in the back. And I remember the gentlemen that were driving. We were driving and the light came on and car started shaking and then the car stopped in the middle of nowhere and it was darker than a cypress pond in the Mississippi Delta it was so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face and I remember the two gentlemen that were driving and we were all in the van the body was in the back they said Johnny Earl stay with the body we gonna go find some help And I said, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. 
It ain't my fault that y'all didn't check the van. It ain't my fault that you didn't find out. And, and, and they said, no, it's against the law for us to leave the body. So we, Johnny Earl is going with y'all. And so we had to walk almost five miles and somebody picked us up and we got on the back of a truck and drove 30 miles to get the hearse to go get the body. But because of negligence or turning a blind eye to it, the van and just stop. And some of us far too long have turned a blind eye and spiritually neglected while you were pouring into other people you were losing energy yourself while you were helping other people you were being drained yourself and God doesn't want you to minister out of your emptiness he wants to, you to minister out of your overflow and many of us during these last two years you've lost your flow you've lost your spiritual consciousness you've lost your anointing in a sense where you are not praying the way you once prayed or studying the way you once studied and you've lost your edge and while you were losing your edge there was a blinking light going right in front of you and they put the light in front of you so that you can readily see it and if you ignore it it'll stop on you Come on, shake your head and say, I know what he's talking about. It'll stop on you. And there are preachers who are preaching and the light is blinking. There are first ladies that are married to men and they don't even notice you. They don't even know you're alive. They never call your name. You're just going through the motion, baking pies, frying fish, and selling dinners, and baking cakes. And people never stop to say thank you, to ever appreciate you, and the light just starts blinking on you. Your kids' room is their hotel. You haven't had a real conversation with them in years. You lost them in teenage years, and the light has been blinking. We have learned in families not to talk, not to touch. We've learned not to rock the boat. We've learned just to go through the motion and the light is just blinking and we look sanctified and Holy Ghost filled and good members of the church but if you're not careful, it'll stop on you. And it never stops when it's convenient. It never stops at 3 o'clock in the day. It stops at 3 o'clock in the morning when Exxon ain't open, when Chevron ain't open. And sometimes it was just a minor adjustment. And when you don't make minor adjustment, you get a major bill. And people, we need to make some real adjustment shaking on you. Look at somebody and say, I know people who refuse to make changes, who refuse to deal with the man in the mirror. They were so busy trying to fix you, they forgot to fix themselves. They were so busy trying to handle you that they forgot. Light was just blinking. Am I talking to anybody in this room? The light is blinking. And it's been ignored and it's been put off. 
but lean forward. Tonight, we're going to deal with the blinking light. We're going to deal with people that are weary, tired, worn out, but you can't tell nobody because everybody thinks you're stronger than what you really are. Nobody wants, you know how it is. We don't want folks to know the struggle behind closed doors, the time that you get in front of your house and don't even want to get out of the car, the times that you preach to others and you needed somebody to preach to you. I'm here tonight for people. The light is just blinking. Can we go there? Can we go there? Let's go there. My good friend, Teddy Parker, in Warner Robins, Georgia, black preacher, very stately, very dignified, custom shirts with his initials on it, big boy Mercedes, house in a gated community, and he's pastoring this great church. And he and his deacons don't see eye to eye. They can't walk hand in hand, and they're pounding on him, pounding him, pounding him. He's fighting them, and they're in a spiritual tug of war. You ain't seen a war till you've seen a church war. You ain't seen a fight till you've seen a church fight. And let me tell y'all something that y'all don't know. When church people get mad, they're really mean. When church people get it in their mind to get you, they'll get you. If they ever think revenge, they'll go out of their way to make sure they hurt you. But I came to tell you, if God be for you, he's more than your enemies against you. And if God's on your side, you ain't got to hide from nobody. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at your right hand but God is with you Amen. Teddy was tired but still preaching tired and still singing tired and still going to church Teddy Parker is preaching a 9 o'clock service and Warner Robins, Georgia, and the people are sitting in a tense church with a tense pastor and tense deacons who really don't know what's going on. Somebody do like this. Say, if you knew what was going on in the spirit world over your head, what the devil wants to do to your children, what he wants to do to your family, what he wants to do to your church, but the devil is a liar. If he thinks he's going to overthrow you, destroy you, make you quit. Teddy Parker Montella leaves and tells his family, I'm going home. He goes home through a gated community in a big boy Mercedes. He's had enough. The light blinking over time, he just had enough and couldn't tell nobody. 
couldn't confide in anybody, couldn't confess to anybody, couldn't open up to anybody because you can't show weakness. You can't show weakness. You can't show people that you're tired because they think you're not praying enough or you're not spiritual enough or you're not saved enough. If you were really saved, all your children would be saved. If you were really holy, you wouldn't have this kind. Listen, it doesn't matter if your child is this or that. You are still a child of God no matter what's going on in your life. Teddy opens the glove box, pulls out the pistol, and blows his brains between a 9 and 11 o'clock service. Strong people get tired. Strong people get tired. Somebody say, I know what that feels like. Wave at me. If you know that you can get not tired, but so tired. His wife and her brother go to check because he's running late. They come in the gate, they open the garage, and he's dead. Sisters and brothers, and the light was blinking. And then all of a sudden, it went out. All of a sudden, it went from blinking to out. And I came from Washington, D.C. to tell you, don't let nobody dim, darken, or diminish your light. Don't let nobody take your joy. Don't let nobody tease you, belittle you, diminish you. Don't let nobody tell you that it's outdated to praise your God. I need about 50 people that say a praise saved my life. If it wasn't for my praise, I would have lost my mind. I need 25 people that's not afraid to praise God if it had not been for the Lord on my side I would have died lift up your hand and say this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long you don't know what I've been through in the last five years Every time you praise God, think about somebody that didn't make it. Every time you praise God, think of somebody that couldn't get out the bed. Every time you praise God, think of somebody that puked their guts out, lost their hair through cancer treatment, and you're going to sit here and not praise the Lord. I need somebody to give God a 30-second sacrifice of praise when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. I got to reason to praise the Lord. A praise kept me out of prison. A praise kept me out the mental institution. A praise kept me out the hospital. Can I get somebody to shout right now? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder and say the devil shouldn't have let you sit by me tonight because I've been through the valley 
in the shadow of death and I'm still here. I know how to fight the devil. I know how to rebuke him. Somebody shout. Oh, God. Do like this. I know what this means. It's blinking. Blinking. Trying to tell me I'm not good enough. Trying to make me compare myself to other people. Trying to throw my past in my face. Blinking. Look at somebody and tell them, I know. Bad report after bad report. Situation after situation. Go to home and just cry because I can't get the light to stop blinking. Anybody ever buried somebody you love? I can't get the light. My sister died in a wreck and it threw my mama crazy. And she didn't know whether we should put the plate on the table for a girl that ain't coming back. Somebody say, there's a story behind my worship. That's why people telling you it don't take all that and you too loud and you're just too demonstrative. You tell them, step in the fiery furnace that I've been in. Step in the lion's den that I've been in. Step in the storm that I survived. And some people, you don't even know how you made it. You don't even know how you're still sane. You don't even know how you can still brush your teeth and comb your hair if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Throw your hands up and say, I don't care who know it. I don't care what nobody thinks about me. I don't care what they say. You can write what you want to write on Facebook, Instagram. I know what it's like. For your light to just blink. Am I helping anybody? Jared Weaver is a white youth pastor in California. Teddy's black in Georgia. Jared's white in California. He preaches the funeral of a woman who commits suicide. He goes to his son's baseball game after the funeral. Then he takes his wife to dinner. And 11 o'clock, she hears a shot. He kills himself in the bathroom. A white young youth pastor whose light was blinking. And he didn't get the Exxon, Chevron, Amoco, Pep Boys to fix the problem. I want you to say like the woman with the issue of blood. Ain't nobody can touch me like Jesus. The girl had an issue of blood. And the girl got up. Pointed at somebody and said, you got to get up from here. You got to get up from here. You got to stop thinking these thoughts. 
thoughts and start reprogramming your mind with the word of God you got to reprogram yourself in worship if you don't reprogram your thought by meditating on the word he'll Am I, is this for somebody? Lift your hand. If you know what it's like to raise teenagers and they're rebellious and they get, you know, your own kids. And, and, and if you could kill them and make another one look just like them, you would have did it. Have you ever prayed, Lord, give me a good place to hide when the police come? Because they get on your nerves. Have you ever tried to help a know-it-all 10-year-old with their homework? <laughs> Have you ever been driven to drink some strong tea? <laughs> I'm talking about tea without sugar in it. I have a 10-year-old who knows everything. And trying to help him with his homework is a shandaloba koshandaraba sekendababandedevosotobahosha. Because I know he don't want my help. He just wants me to agree that he got it right. And have you ever, Bishop Powell, tried to help somebody that had all the answers? And you almost want to say, well, why am I here? If you have all the answers. Or Pastor Miller, by the time they get to you, they got 15 years of yarn. And they want you to fix in 15 minutes what they let go for 15 years. Am I helping anybody? By the time the pastor calls the overseer, it's not a church, it's a circus. Lions and tigers and bears and crazy witches flying it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I remember I was, my grandfather was a bishop in the church of God in Christ and he sent me to this church and I was young and impressionable and this woman was in witchcraft and voodoo in Santeria and I, I remember that they told me and I used to just look for demons. And boy, I, I mean, I met a big one. And, and I'm telling you this woman, uh, I pointed at her and I was much younger and crazy. You think I'm wild now. Honey, I was MC Hammer. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> crazy. Man, I was crazy. I would shout between the neck bones and the pig feet. I would shout anywhere. My grandma was a shouter. My grandmother would go to Winn-Dixie and meet a woman in our church named Sister Gatherite, and they'll be between the mustard and the ketchup and think about the blood. Two black ladies done knock five things of mustard on the floor, shouting. That's where I came from, and... I told this woman, you're not welcome here. This witchcraft spirit that you've had over this church in the name of Jesus. And she got up, grabbed up hers, and got to the door and held up two fingers and said, you shall die. And buddy, I felt some wetness go down my leg. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
I didn't mean for this to happen. <laughs> Shall die. And one of the deacons walked up to me and said, you sure was a nice boy. <laughs> he was a nice, you're a nice boy. And everybody thought I was going to die. And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and the fear light came on. And those words begin to nurse and rehearse. If you nurse it and rehearse it, it'll make you sick. If you nurse it and rehearse it, if you keep bringing it up. And I became toxic, toxic. I talk myself sick. And I thought I was going to die. I went and wrote her name down. And I put it in the front of the church. I had had enough. And I want somebody to ball up your fist and said, I just about had enough, devil. Ball up your fist. I just had enough of pastors committing adultery, pastors giving up on their ministries. I've just about had enough of us turning Holy Ghost churches in the ice cold skate ring. I didn't come in the church of God to be in a cold church with a bunch of dead bodies. I came in the church of God because somebody told me you believed in Acts 2 and 4 as the Spirit gave the utterance, and I still believe. In the fire of the whole somebody praise him. I wrote her name down and I went and stomped on it. But before I did that, this chick took a chicken and sliced his throat and threw it in front of our church. Blood was everywhere. And they said, Pastor, she done struck. That woman was meaner than Saddam Hussein. Split, cut that chicken and blood was everywhere. And, I, I, and that's when I got mad. I said, you know what? I'm black and I'm from the South and you gonna cut a chicken? <laughs> oh, you done went too far. I don't know any white folk in here love fried chicken. And I looked at that poor chicken and I said, uh-uh, she done went too far. We could have barbecued this chicken. We could have had chicken and rice, chicken cassatori. We could have had chicken and dumplings. We could have had chicken in the morning, chicken in the evening, chicken at supper time. And she done did this. That's when that shock of Zulu came up out of me from my African roots and I said enough of this. And I stumped it in the name of Jesus. And an old woman got up and I said, I got some help. And I said, come on mother. She said, I'm just going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm just going to the and finally, somebody came up and said, enough. And they stomped on that name. I want you to stomp your foot and say the generational curse of addiction, of meth, of drug, hey, 
of homosexuality, of pornography, of addiction. In the name of Jesus, we gonna put our foot down. I want you to stomp it in the... Something is about to happen. I wish somebody, alcoholism is coming down. Perversion is coming down. Witchcraft is coming down. Anxiety is coming down. Sleeplessness is coming. Come on, babe. Stomp it in the name of Jesus. I declare war in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hand. Oh, I feel something's getting ready to happen. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I feel a yoke being destroyed, a burden being removed. Lift up your hands and open your mouth. I got to get this light off. I got to get this fear off. I got to get this anxiety off. I got to get this people pleasing off. I need the power of the Holy Ghost to do a new thing in my mind, in my soul, in my body, in my spirit. Do a new thing. Lift your hands. This light is going off. Say it. I shall not die but live. I shall declare the goodness of the Lord. God's getting ready to use you. God's getting ready to give you a fresh anointing. Your ladder's gonna be greater than your. This light. Keep doing it, do it. It's, it's coming off. It's coming off. The light is blinking. But tonight, God, God, come here. Come here. Hey, Shadabakosa. He's going in your past and he's going to use you. He's going in your hurt and he's going to use you. He's going to take your pain and turn it into the greatest testimony. You shall live to do exploits in the name of the Lord. I anoint you tonight and I declare that you're a world changer. Hallelujah. I feel something. I feel something. Sister Taylor, come here, Sister Jessica. Lay hands on Sister Taylor's back. God's, God's got your back. God's got your back. Your seed shall live. Your seed shall live. Your seed shall. Who am I talking to tonight? Lift your hands if you know what this means. You know what it means. You know what it means. You know what it means. My light. I'm losing. My light. That's it. Just lift your hands. He's moving. Give it up. Thoughts of suicide. Thoughts of leave the ministry. Thoughts of not good enough. Thoughts of insecurity. Thoughts of what I used to do in the past. Dragging me to hell. The devil is a liar. Once a crackhead. Always a crackhead. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Light. Light. Keep the light. Keep.
Pastor Miller, don't lose the light. Young preacher, don't lose the light. Some of you have been mighty low here lately. People are mean, they're hateful, they don't respect authority, they're divisive, and every day, yea, do I walk through the valley and the shadow. I don't know how I made it to Missouri with my right mind. You could go through so much at one time, one call after the other call after the other call, and if you're not careful, you'll lose the light. Burnout can happen, but it's not permanent. And sometimes you're operating at a level that's much too much for you. And you need to be honest with yourself, open with yourself, transparent with others, and let them know, I'm drowning in this. Am I helping anybody? I had some fish that I put close to the heater, and they died. And I told my mama, those fish screamed all night long, and I couldn't hear them. And pastor, you got people screaming in this church, and the devil has put his hand over their mouth. But you're in the right place because the Holy Ghost can pick up on his radar the slightest sound. He hears you. Dust Elijah. His engine light is blinking. He feels empty. He's ministered to everybody else. And now, do you know how tired I am? You know how weary I am? You know how worn out I am? You know how sick I am of preaching and prophesying? Do you know what this is like? And he said, I've had enough. If that's your testimony, wave at me. Let me know you're here. Have you ever said that? I had enough. You don't get to say it's enough. Because God knows how much you could bear. And there is no temptation overtaking you but that which is common to man. God is faithful. He won't give you more than you can bear. God is faithful when you are faithless, when you are weary and overwhelmed by life and its challenges. God is faithful and he won't give you more. But the devil said, you've had enough. And Elijah says, let me die. Take my life. And God let Elijah go to sleep. God let Elijah go to sleep. And while he was sleeping, the Holy Ghost started moving. And God said, count your blessings and not your problems. Your problem is you've been counting your problems 
and not your blessings. But somebody shout, I have been so blessed and I have been so favored by God and I have been so kept by Jesus. He has made way after way, open door after door and if he did it before, he'll do it again. If he blessed me before, he'll bless me again. You're getting ready to see God take what the devil meant for evil and turn it around for your good. Somebody shout in this house. It's blinking. It's still blinking. Count your blessings, not your problems, and the light's still blinking. And then God said, Elijah, recount your victories. Have you ever had victory? And God said, look back, Jericho, that was a victory. Look back, Red Sea, that was a victory. Look back, Goliath, that was a victory. Look back at the Jordan, that was a victory. Look back, Meshach, Shadrach, and a bad Negro in the fiery furnace, that was a victory. Daniel in the lion's den, that was a victory. The woman with the issue of blood, that was a victory. Blind Barnabas, that was a victory. The widow woman's son, the Shunammite woman, Hannah, Elizabeth, Sarah, and if God did it for them, get ready, get ready. God's about to do it for you. Somebody shout right now. Wait a minute. Grab somebody by the hand real quick and say, neighbor, help me shout about what God gonna do tomorrow. If you believe God got something for you tomorrow, press down, shaking together, running over, shout. I said shout, I said shout. Give the devil a breakdown. Shout, shout, shout. Help me shout, help me shout, help me shout. Pick up your feet, shout. Somebody shout. Wait a minute. I got a word for you. Lean forward. Lean forward. God says, Abraham, by this time next year, God don't turn it around. Somebody jump up and turn around. And I dare you not to shout. I dare you not to dance. I dare you not to holler. I dare you not to scream. I dare you not to run. I help me shout. Help. Hallelujah. Lift your hands all over this place. He's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. Tell that woman to stand up. Stand up, woman. Point your hand at her. Say, turn around. A turn around. A turn around. A miracle. A breakthrough. Somebody praise him. 
Let me finish. Let me finish. Put your foot on it. Put your foot down. Foot down. By this time next year, it's not going to be like this. I'm not going to have this habit. I'm not going to have this issue. I'm going to sleep for eight hours without the sleep apnea machine. I'm going to sleep uninterrupted. My mind's not going to be cloudy and fuzzy. God's going to give me double. He's going to anoint my head. He's going to anoint my heart. He's going to indulge my territory. The best is yet to come. Honey, you came to minister to us, but we want to minister to you. God is not going to let your light go out. Point at somebody and say, God said, your light is not going. Your light. Can I minister to you? Your latter shall be greater than your former. God is opening up doors for you that nobody could have opened but him. And he's going to make what the enemy meant for evil work in your favor. Girlfriend, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen on you. Do like this. Like this. Do it. My light. David said, my foot almost slipped. My light was almost gone and then I went to church David said I was almost out and then look what the Lord has done look what the Lord has done he healed my body he touched my mind he saved me ever right on time. I'm going to praise his name. Each day is just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord. Wait a minute. Look what the Lord. Look what the Lord. Won't you look what the Lord has done. Listen, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. Listen, 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 listen. Elijah. Is starting to wake up. How he sleep. He sleep. But he's waking up. Somebody touched him. It was an angel. Touched him. He wakes up. Gives him some angel food cake. <laughs> and then he goes back to sleep. And then the angel comes a second time and touches him. God told me to tell somebody, I'm not going to give you one touch. 
I'm going to give you two touches. I'm going to give you double for your pain. I'm going to give you beauty for your ashes. Lift up your hand. All I want is God to touch me. All he got to do is breathe on me. I want you to lift your hand. Don't, no music. I want you to talk to him and say, hey, 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 hey. The calling of God is on this child. God's going to use you. All you got to do is tell the Lord, touch me. And when he touches you, stand up. When you feel the spirit, stand up in this room. If you feel him, stand up. I just need him to touch me. Lift the hood. Go to the engine, to the transmission, and touch me. Good God. When you feel it standing all in this room, he's in the room, he's in the room, he's in the room, he's in the room. That's it. Stand up when you feel him come by you. Stand up when you know everything's going to be out. That's it. Stand up right now. Something is about to happen. When you stand up, you're going to feel a chain fall. When you stand up, you're going to feel a burden removed. When you stand up, stand up in this room and tell him, touch me. Touch me. That's it. Lift your hands. Touch me. Touch me. Touch me. Everybody, when you feel the Holy Spirit, stand up and lift your hands. When you feel God's Spirit, stand up and lift it and tell him, touch me. Oh, God, he's in the room. Touch me. Oh, he's in the room. Touch me. Touch me. Ain't nobody can touch me like you. Can't nobody do it like you. You know how bad I've been. Touch me. Touch me. Standing, everybody. When you feel him, stand. Lift your hand, touch me. Touch me. Woo! Anxiety, touch it. Bipolar, touch it. Sleeplessness, touch it. Anxiousness, nervousness, addiction, food addiction, shopping addiction, whatever it is, touch me. Touch me. Lift your hands, tell him, whoa, touch me. You know what I'm going through. The arguing, the fussing, the fighting, the anger, the rage, the discontent, the depression. Touch me. Touch me. I'm going to ask you to do the second thing. I don't know. Pastor Miller. Come here, Pastor. I want, which I oversee Is it all right for folk to walk out of that grave and come down here right now? I mean, move right now. Start walking down this altar. Something is about the house. Oh, I dare you to do it. I I dare you to do it. I dare you to come down here right. I dare you to. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. I heard I saw it. I saw it. I saw you when you came. I saw you when you Hallelujah. I saw it. Touch me, touch me, touch me, touch me, touch me, touch. Where's that young girl? 
that was singing over here. That last song, come quickly. There she is right there with the glasses. Is that her? Where's the young lady that was singing? Tell them to move quickly. Start moving from everywhere. Start coming from everyone standing. Start coming. The Holy Spirit is getting ready to minister to somebody. Touch me. Anxiety, fear, depression. Touch me. Anxiousness. Tell them, come on in. I'll tell them, come on in. Come on in. They're coming. I'm, that last song they sung, young lady, right there. Come here. Her. Just come here. Just come here. Lift your hands and tell him I need a touch. Tell him I need a touch. Tell him. Say it loud. I need a touch. I want a touch. I got to have a touch. I'm hungry for it. I need something to happen in my mind, in my soul. Take control. She was on the end. Where is she? Oh, that's she. Shh, shh, shh. That last line that you, that last line of that song, you know it? I just wanted to say that to you. The last line. Sing it. disorders. Whatever it is, if you can have it, he can heal it. Touch, Lord. I got you. I got you. Jesus. Something's about to happen. Say it again. Say it again. Until he enthrones himself in our praise. Say it again. Get it. Catch it. He's in here right now. He's in here right now. Let faith rise. Let fear leave. Let faith and courage rise. Courage to get off those pills. Courage. Courage to face the giant. Courage to face sleeplessness, weariness, tiredness. To face it. Boundaries in your life. Holy Ghost boundaries. My yes is yes. My no is no. I'm not going to burn myself out. I'm not going to burn myself out. Let him go. Say it again. They're going to sing it. Our bishops are here. I didn't know all this was going to happen tonight. Help me get out of this. God. Devil. I want everybody in this room. I want you to lift your hand. I want our guest bishops and wives. We're going to have an old-fashioned Church of God deliverance service. Don't let nobody tell you that the Church of God is just resting on tradition. We got fire. We got anointing. We got glory. We got the Holy Ghost. We got the fire. Sing it again. Sing it again. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Now go to the verse. Lift up your hands. This is it. This is it. No more fear. No more depression. No more anxiety. No more suicide. It's over. Holy 
Listen, I want you to do something. This man of God and his beautiful wife, put your hand right over her chest. This minister, are you with her? Yo, all right, let's make sure. Just put your hand over, healing. I just heard the Lord speak. Women who are raising children, serving in first lady positions, are working secular jobs, working in the church, the praise team, the choir, the greeters, the Sunday school, the life groups. I want to min I don't know why, but tonight we minister to every woman. Well, you don't have a job. If a woman is raising kids, if a woman is washing clothes, if a woman is to go, taking kids to soccer, that's a lot. And I want husbands, uh, groups in churches to surround women and let's minister to the women of God. Come on, young woman. Come out, baby. Just, just put your hand on her. No more weariness. The Lord said, speak it to her. No more weariness. Speak it, son. Speak it, son. No more weariness. Tiredness. This weariness in our home. This tiredness in our home. This frustration. Shh, shh. Really? Frustration. 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 Fr oh, God. Oh. God, I'm right at the target. God got you where the devil can't pick you up on his radar. And God's about to shoot you in the spirit out of this place. Oh, God, I thank you that right now your hand, put your hand right there. Oh, God, whoop, that is, that's where it is. That's where the ache is. That's where the aching is. That's where the aching is. Put your hand over your chest. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, sick, sick. Somebody come minister to this woman of God. If you're out here, wave at me if you need this ministry. If you're in the back, wave at me. Give me some women, Holy Ghost women. Where them demon busters at from Poplar Bluff? Where them demon busting women? You know who I'm talking about. Give me them demon-busting women that ain't scared of the devil. Are you scared of the devil? Are you scared of him? I said, are you scared of him? Come on, let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Let's minister to this young lady. Put your hand right there where the aching is. Where the misery is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hate the devil. I can't stand him. Ain't nothing changed from yesterday to today. I hate him. I can't stand him. I want him to be on high alert. I want him to know he has no place. He has no position. He has no power. Give me some more women. Give me them Holy Ghost women. I said give me some women. The church of God believes that God can anoint and use women minister to this young lady thank you Lord thank you Lord oh God oh God he's way back here just sit down Rachanda 
Just sit down right here. We're going to minister to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the fresh touch. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Oh, 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 oh. Where's that woman that sings so beautifully tonight? Somebody said, tell that woman to come up here. Tell Gwen to come forward. I don't care if it take her all night to get here. Tell that woman to come forward. That woman got more vision than anybody in here. Y'all let that woman come forward. That woman got anointing. That woman got a... Come on down, baby. Bishop Powell, Sister Jessica, we all want you to anoint this woman of God. My God, she got sight in the spirit. She got sight in the spirit. Come on, let's anoint her from the crap. Come on. Come on. Come on, Pastor. Devil, you're defeated. Ooh, fresh oil, fresh anointing from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. The power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Just touch her. Wait a minute. Come on, Pastor. Jesus is in this room. We're going to anoint every one of you. Come on down here, sir. We're going to anoint everybody on this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy ground. Yeah, yeah. We anoint you in the name of Jesus. We anoint you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Come get this touch. Come on, Brother Taylor. Oh, come on, anoint her. Are you ready? I know you're anointed. I know you're anointed. I know you're anointed. Oh, God. Oh, God. Put that guitar down. In this something, in this something. Jesus. Oh God. Breathe on the Lord. Breathe on him. Come here, young man. God's got something great for you. God got something for Oh God. Hallelujah. There's an anointing in this room. Don't you sense it? Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? You sing with the angels, baby. Lift your hands. 
Lift your hands. Come out, beautiful bishop. The first lady of our youth. We anoint you tonight. No more word about direction, where you're going, how you're getting there, what's going to happen. God's going to breathe. Hey! Where's Sister Miller? Come here, dear heart. This is a precious, mighty woman of God. You have a standard. You have a standard. You have a focus. You have a standing God. You will not deny. She needed that. I needed it. Bring that young man. Come on down here, son. You. Brother Miller. Come here, sir. Sit down in that chair, young man. Young man, get down there and pray for his feet. Oh. Watch God do something great in you. Watch God do something great in you. Sit mother down yonder. Sit mother down. Oh, he's all over you. It's the anointing. Give her her heart's desire. Give her her righteous heart's desire. Delight yourself in the Lord. Where's that pastor from Deloge? Where's that pastor from Deloge? Come here. Sit on that altar. Oh God. Sit on that altar. Give him all you got. Lay it all down. You're not taking anything back. Just sit there. Real easy. Real easy. Tell him to hold, bring it down just a little bit. I want everybody in this room to listen to me very carefully. I'm going to say something that's most meaningful and powerful to me. Suicide is not a good option. It's not an option. Taking your life, cutting yourself, drinking yourself into an alcoholic fit, meth, marijuana, a gateway drug, pornography, Filth, smut, none of that is a heavenly option. Coping mechanisms, fidget spinners, uh, squidgy balls where people just squeeze. There is no greater weapon. Pray about everything. And I want you right now. Come here, young woman. That young woman there. I want you to ask God to give me a praying spirit. Just lift your hands to ask him. Wake me up in prayer. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Be anxious for nothing. Multiple sexual relationships. That bring you into deep bondage. Online affairs. Texting affairs. Looking for fulfillment in people. 
and not turning it over to God. The Lord said addiction. Right now, let's pray about it. Everybody, Lord, I'm going to be totally honest today about what I'm dealing with. I'm going to be totally honest and open and transparent about this anxiety, about this worry. I have made a God out of fixing things on my own. And today, it is not my battle. I do not cope with dope. I do not cope with alcohol. I do not cope with buying people gifts. Just buying people gifts. Hoarding. Hoarding. Well, I collect stuff. No, hoarding. 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 Excessive hoarding. Sometimes the state of your house is the state of your mind. Never finishing a product. Pro uh, what am I trying to say? A project. Procrastination. What Procrastination. Indecisiveness. Can't make a decision. Boy, am I, am I, am I in this house? Habitually putting things off. Habitually putting things off. Habitually putting things off. Not dealing with conflict. Not having the courage to deal with conflict. Not having the strength to say, I have boundaries. These are my boundaries. And if you cross these boundaries, then I have to make adjustments for my peace. Because my peace of mind is important to me. Now, right now, receive that. Am I talking to anybody to receive that? I didn't come to ask you what's wrong with you. I came to ask you what happened to you. Whether it was childhood. Whether it happened in childhood. Being beat unmercifully. Not being disciplined, but being beaten. Moving from place to place. Here and there and everywhere. Wherever it happened. It ends tonight. Lift your hands. The process of recovery. It ends tonight. The divorce of your parents. The separation of your parents. Whatever. I didn't come to ask you what's wrong with you. What happened to you. That caused you to lose faith. Hope. Courage. Strength. Joy. Life. Purpose. And today it ends. Let's go back to that night that you first tried pot. A marijuana. A alcohol. And we go back to that night and we say to that young man, that young woman, I forgive you. I forgive you. Forgive your old self. Let your old self go. Having a baby out of wedlock. Doing something silly. Doing, let that go. Can we go real deep? What about the spouse that left you? Abandoned you? And you've been holding on. And God got something better. I want you to lift your hands and say, he's always got something better. He's always got, say it. He's always got something better. Say it. He's always got something better. Now lift your hands and receive it. This ain't the power of positive thinking. This is the power of forgiveness. 
and reconciliation. This is the power of setting boundaries. This is the power of letting, well, I'm, if I forgive them, I'm going to let them off the hook. Did you forget God knows what happened? God knows what people did to you? Turn it over to him. He can fix it better than your revenge. And so right now, I want you to say it with me. I do not seek revenge. I say, Lord, have mercy. Because when God comes through this situation, it's going to be like a freight train passing a hobo. When God comes through, the people that hurt you, you hear me? When God fixes it, say it, Papa. It's fixed. And you young enough to know. Yes. You don't have to get revenge. No, you don't. You don't have to get even. No resentment. Say it. No resentment. You ready to go to heaven when you die. Now, you don't want to die tomorrow, but you ready when you do die, you want to go to heaven. <laughs> Lift your hands all over this room. Did you enjoy this tonight? Did you enjoy this tonight? Please forgive me for being so long tonight. Do you? I want everybody to point this way. Could you? This is the pastor in that beautiful jacket. Come on down here. It's a beautiful jacket you have on. Could you tell me what size it is? 44? Oh, I, I, well, I ain't going to take it from you, but it is. I want you to come here. And I want this son of thunder. And I want them to pray over your feet in the spirit. To wash your feet in the spirit. Your church is getting ready to explode. <laughs> You're getting ready to see double. You're getting ready to see stress and all that stuff. I'm going to take the man of God's jacket and drape it over you. Sing. Sing. Let it use you.
Come on, let's lift our hands all over the house right now. Let's worship him. I don't believe the Lord's finished in this place yet. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Spirit of God right now. Spirit of the living God, just breathe. Hover over us right now, Lord. Listen, while Pastor Josh is down here, I want every pastor in the house tonight. I want, I want every lead pastor, every senior pastor of a church to come on. Just, just step out of your seat and come stand down here for just a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just, just come on down here. Every pastor, come on. Hallelujah. And I know that we have a lot that's not able to be here. So just come. Just stand beside of each other. Hallelujah. If you're a staff member at any church, I want you to come and I want you to stand behind these pastors that are standing. Come on, all of our lead pastors, just stand side by side. Just come. I want their spouses to come with them too. Your spouse is here. I'm sorry I should have said that. I want your spouse to come. Y'all just kind of spread out if you can. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Pastor Kent, how long have you pastored this church? 30, what? 35 years. I didn't pastor that long. If I'd have stayed in pastoral ministry, I would be at 40 years of pastor right now, maybe 41, 41 years, 40, 41. Just because I'm not pastoring a church now doesn't mean that I don't still feel the heart of a pastor. Doesn't mean that I still remember what the pressure, the stress that you dealt with. But you know what? With all the stress and all the pressure that I dealt with, there were victories that God sent our way. Hallelujah. A lot of victories. There were times, I, I, I remember just going through a tough, tough spot in my church. And I, I, I was like, Pastor was saying tonight, I didn't feel like there was anyone I could talk to. My wife, she's the only one. She, she saw everything. She knew everything that I was going through, but I, I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody else. And I remember Brother Gillum getting up early one morning, early one morning, and I just got out of the bed and I walked to our family room and I, that we had an ottoman there in front of our chair. And I, I just knelt down by that ottoman and I just laid over it. And I don't know about you, but there's sometimes I just don't know how to pray. All I could do was cry and I just wept. All of a sudden, I felt some hands on my back, and I felt heard somebody praying. Heard somebody praying in the Holy Ghost, and it was my wife. She slipped out of bed, came in there where I was, and just laid her hands on me and began to pray, began to pray in the Holy Ghost. The Lord did something for me that day, just ministered to me, just, just touched me, and just gave me the strength just to go a little further. Amen. There have been times that she has been down, 
that I've had to come to where she was and lay her, my hands on her and begin to pray for her. I seen my wife go through a sickness a couple years ago when her hearing was gone, was taken away from her. She was so sick that she couldn't even get up out of bed and I had to call the ambulance to come get her to take her to the hospital. We didn't know what she was dealing with. I, we, uh, we didn't know what they were just doing, CAT scans on her brain and all of those things and her hearing was completely gone and she couldn't, she couldn't even walk straight. And I remember sitting out there in my expedition in the parking lot of that hospital there in Farmington while they were doing those while they were doing those tests just sobbing sitting there behind the steering wheel just calling on the Lord and I had to reach out and minister to my wife I had to just reach out and just just pray for her other times just going through spiritual battles I've had to pray what are you saying Bishop tonight I'm just telling you that there are times when you'll have to pray for her there are times when she'll have to pray for you. There are times that you'll have to pray for each other. Amen. But I want you to know that God will hear you in those times. When you walk through those valleys, Brother Dwayne, you and Sister Galen have just walked through one of the worst valleys that anybody could, could walk through. But God's been there to sustain you and to strengthen you. Amen. And I just want to tell you tonight that you're where you are because God sent you. Because God anointed you. God put you there. Amen. And sometimes the enemy will come and try to dishearten and discourage you. Like he's talking about that light tonight. But I believe that there's an explosion about to come. And I don't believe that it's a I don't believe it's a destructive explosion. I don't believe that it's anything bad. I believe that there is a Holy Ghost move about to come over you. We, we're praying for Brother Josh down here tonight. The Lord just gave him a word a few minutes ago. But I was sitting by him and I felt like the Lord told me in my heart that what he's promising to him and what he's doing for him, he's going to do for you. In the name of the Lord, hallelujah, he's going to do for you. Pastor Kent, I want to tell you, your best days are not behind you here at this church. I know you've had physical issues. I know you've gone through situations with family and your mother and your mother-in-law and all of those kind of things. But I just believe that there is a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost that is coming upon you and Sister Jenny. I believe that God's going to give you fresh vision for this church. So I know what it is to be there with a church and feel like I don't have anything else to offer them, but that's when God comes and gives us fresh vision. And I believe that God's going to do it. Hallelujah. Don't, don't be disheartened or discouraged where you are because you're where you are by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I believe that tonight that there's a turnaround moment coming. Hey, Bokoshadabahiah. I feel like that there is a turn, somebody say turn around. I believe there's a turnaround anointing 
that is coming upon you right now tonight in the name of Jesus. And I want you just to raise your hands toward heaven and begin to receive it in the name of the Lord. Brother Mike, I want you to lay hands on these. Brother Ziegler, would you just start laying hands on these in the name of Jesus. Brother Taylor, come. Brother Gillum, come. Would you come and begin to lay hands on these. Come pray for them. In the name of Jesus, let the Lord use you tonight. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Lay hands on him. Somebody help him, help him, help him. Hallelujah. Turn around. Turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around.
may be formed, but it won't prosper. And when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. see a victory. How many, how many seeing a victory tonight? I believe victory's in this house right now. I dare somebody just go ahead and give a shout of praise unto him tonight. Give a victorious shout of praise tonight in this house. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Just one more time, raise your hands. Just give them a praise tonight. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm not stopping this, okay? I'm not dismissing it. I, you, you stay as long as you want to stay. 10 o'clock, I know the program says 10.30, but we bumped it up because it's a Saturday and we want you to have time if you're driving a long way to go home. If you're living around Poplar Bluff, come out in the morning at 10 o'clock. We're going to worship. Bishop Gillum's going to speak to us. He's a great man of God. And uh, just, just come on and be a part of it. How many was blessed by the man of God tonight? 
Bishop Ziegler, thank you for being real. Thank you for getting down to where we are. I've gone to camp meetings and prayer conferences, needing, needing a touch from the Lord. Amen. As a pastor, I've gone. I, I, I can't tell you the story tonight, a long story, but I'll tell you what, in 1990, I went to camp meeting in South Georgia and I was as low as anybody could be. I felt like I had gone as far as I could go. I know you've never been there. I was fighting demons and devils back at my church. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong. I know y'all never faced that either, have you? I, I, I seemed like everything. And I went to camp meeting. I was so disheartened and discouraged. And I know people say, discouraged ought not to be in a Christian vo vocabulary. Well, I'm sorry. There's sometimes I just got that way. Amen. And I went. And I didn't tell anybody. My wife knew. But I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. And I want to tell you that when nobody else knows what you're going through, the Holy Ghost does. No Wednesday night. Brother Martin, what, time, what year did you leave South Georgia? 88. So you were already gone. Tim Hill was preaching at camp meeting. He was pastoring in Danville, Virginia and on Wednesday night. Out of 2,000 people, the Lord pointed me out that night. The Lord gave me a word in that service. Brother Hill, who knew who I was, had not seen me in years. But the Lord gave me a word that night, Brother Dan, and everything that I needed was exactly what the Lord spoke. I didn't ask the Lord for that. But the Lord loved me because I was his son and I was his child and he gave the word to me that night. And I want to tell you that I left that camp meeting service. I can't tell you how it happened. I can't tell you. Listen, I'm not the smartest cookie in the package. I told Pat and Brother Jonathan, I said, I wish I was polished and smooth like other guys are, but I'm just me. I'm just, I am what I am. Amen. That's what Papa said. I am what I am and that's all I am. Amen. I'm just a nobody from nowhere down to Podunk, South Georgia. But God remembered who I was. And he spoke that night. And when I went back, Brother Gillum, I shared part of the story with you today, I think it was. When I went back to my church that was out in the middle of nowhere, there was more cows in fields out there than there were people. I'm telling you the truth. But God sent an explosion to our church. And God turned things around there. And people started coming, Brother Paul. And people started getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and, and we had to put chairs out down the middle aisles of the church. Did, did, did you do it? No, I didn't do it. I ain't smart enough to do it. I'm just telling you the Holy Ghost came. The, Holy, the anointing of God began to fill the place. And, and we had to open the doors and had to put chairs out there in the foyer to accommodate the people coming to the church. I'm telling you that God is able to turn things around. And I believe that's what God is doing tonight. This is your moment. This is your time. God is speaking to you tonight. In the name of Jesus, when you leave this place tomorrow, I want you to go in the power of the Spirit. I want you to remember the anointing that God placed upon your life way back then. I want you to remember where God has brought you from and what God has done, that God has been faithful to you. And the same God that has brought you over the troubled roads of yesterday and has brought you to this place is going to carry you over the troubled roads of tomorrow. If he can bring me from there to here, he can take me from here to there. i say it again. If he can bring me from there to here, he can take me from here to there. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. I hate preachers to get up and preach behind preachers, don't you? 
Amen. My God Almighty. But you know what? I'm the overseer of this state, and I can do what I want to tonight. Bless God. Amen. I love you. I'm saying this because I love you. I want you to be encouraged tonight. I want you to, as pastors to be encouraged tonight. Amen. And so, so, so we'll look to see you in the morning, okay? There's, uh, there's booths outside. Stop by them. Visit them. Talk to Jonathan and Gail out of milk and, and uh, our youth and discipleship, all of them out there. I love you. Just keep on worshiping the Lord. I hope to see you at 10 o'clock in the morning, all right? God bless you.